I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Good afternoon, people. Welcome back along to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football family. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiou, an impromptu edition today. I was going to save it until uh, post tonight's game. And we are going to, of course, uh, bring you another episode looking back at whatever happens at Emirates Stadium this evening. Uh, but some interesting news broke a little bit earlier on today, which I felt was worthy of me jumping on making an episode. We're here on the live stream. So a big hello to everybody who is with us in the live chat at the moment. Big hello to everybody who'll be watching this or to those that will be listening to this back a little bit later on. And the news that I am talking about is the news reported earlier on today, on Friday, uh, by Charles Watts, who says that Arsenal are considering Mason Mount as a summer option. Now, Mason Mount has been linked with everyone and anyone over the past few months, because, of course, uh, he is refusing, as it stands, to sign a new Chelsea contract. Now, Mason Mount, who is just 24 years old, who has been part of the furniture at Chelsea for a little while now, uh, is in this weird position at the moment where he isn't playing a lot of football. Uh, that's been because some managers haven't fancied him. You know, he hasn't maybe been in the best form of his career. Um, and he's got a contract at Chelsea that expires on June 30th, 2024. And based on kind of what we're hearing, what we're reading, it seems as though Chelsea are very much of the opinion of we've got a ton of players at this football club. In fact, we've probably got too many. If you won't sign, so be it. We'll sell you in the summer while you've still got a year remaining on your contract. But with the fact that Mason Mount would only have one year remaining on his contract, that means he's probably available at a decent price compared to what he would probably normally be priced at if you were going into a transfer market, for example, looking at Mason Mount. Now, what are my thoughts on this player? What are my thoughts on the idea of Arsenal potentially moving for him? And just to clarify what the story actually says, what it says is that Arsenal internally have discussed Mason Mount or that Mason Mount is somebody that is on their radar, that they're looking at from a distance. It's not Arsenal have made a move. It's not Arsenal are deep in talks with, with Mason Mount's people. It's that Arsenal, as the football club, uh, sort of, you know, within themselves have discussed this as a possibility and have got Mason Mount's name on some sort of shortlist as we get closer to the summer. So this is by no means a done deal. This is by no means uh, something that's progressed down the line. This is very much an idea at the moment. But I wanted to jump on and, and share with you guys some thoughts and some opinions around this. And obviously, I want to gauge from the live chat how you guys would feel about the potential of Chelsea's Mason Mount making that move from West London to North London this summer. Now, I can kind of gauge what the opinion is looking at some of the comments, but feel free uh, to get yours in as well. If you've got any questions about this subject or anything else Arsenal related, please drop them in. We're going to be going for around about half an hour or so probably today uh, on this stream, uh, just conscious of, of having to get some work done and, and getting myself down to Emirates Stadium nice and early because we'll be bringing you build up to the big game tonight on BBC Radio London. 
um, I'll be providing the updates and uh, and sort of some of the build up uh, from, of course, inside Emirates Stadium. And I'll be there nice and early. So uh, that's why we're coming to you a little bit earlier as well than our usual time of 4.30 p.m. So Mason Mount, let's give you some background on Mason Mount. He is, as I said already, 24 years old. He's played 195 times for Chelsea, scoring 33 goals and providing 37 assists. So that is 70 direct goal contributions in 195 games. For a midfielder, that is pretty good going. He's also played 36 times for England, scoring on five occasions for the Three Lions. He's a UEFA Champions League winner, of course, having achieved that with the Blues back in the 2020-21 season under Thomas Tuchel. He's a FIFA Club World Cup winner, which Chelsea went on to win the following year. He's won the UEFA Super Cup. He's also won a UEFA Youth League with Chelsea under-19s, back in the 15-16 season. And he very famously spent some time out on loan at Derby County under the tutelage of Frank Lampard, who then brought him along uh, back with him to Chelsea and gave him the opportunity really to show what he could do at a higher level. And if you look at Frank Lampard's time at Chelsea the first time around, I think, you know, you could argue that, you know, he wasn't good enough. And I, and I still stand by the fact that Frank Lampard is not a good enough manager for a club aspiring to be where Chelsea are aspiring to be. But what I would say is that the one thing that Frank Lampard did actually quite well was navigate Chelsea through a difficult period. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he got them into the Champions League when they had a transfer ban. And he did so by sort of using a lot of the club's younger talents. And Chelsea have been renowned over the years for having loads and loads of players, loaning them all out etc etc and um and those players never really having seen the light of day at Chelsea Football Club that's been the way most managers have done it perhaps Frank Lampard took the approach that he did the first time around because he didn't have much choice because Chelsea of course were facing a transfer ban and and that probably plays a huge part but Mason Mount was one of the the few players I think that Frank Lampard really managed to get the best out of and I think one of the things that excited Chelsea fans when Frank Lampard was appointed this time around as the caretaker manager, having uh, come in to uh, replace Graham Potter, who was, of course, sacked not too long ago. One of the things I think attracted Chelsea fans to that idea was this idea of Frank Lampard coming back in and getting Mason Mount performing at a level that Chelsea fans know that he can, because he's nowhere near it at the moment and he's not been playing much either. If we have a look at how Mason Mount's season has gone so far in the Premier League, you're talking about... 24 appearances, three goals, two assists. Um, he's only played 59% of Chelsea's minutes. He's only been in the starting 11, 65% of the time, uh, which is obviously not a lot. Uh, he started the season playing quite a bit, 65 minutes, 90 minutes, 77, 45, 90. And then over the course of sort of the last few months, it's really dwindled. So uh, if I go back to November um, in the Premier League, he played 22 minutes away at West Ham, um, 28 minutes away at Tottenham. Um, and then he picked up a, an injury which kept him out for three of Chelsea's Premier League games. And ever since then, he's been on the bench. And in the game against Wolves um, on the 8th of April, uh, I beg your pardon. Yeah, on the 8th of April, he wasn't even in the squad. I said uh, November earlier on, I'm reading the dates wrong because they've got them in the American format where it's the month first. Uh, not the uh, the day first. So I beg your pardon when I said 
November. What I meant was February. So I beg your pardon on that. Um, but this is a guy who's experienced enough in the Premier League. And, and I think for the most part, has performed at a really, really high level. One of the things I think that's attractive about Mason Mount is his ability to play in multiple midfield roles. So some people will tell you that Mason Mount is an attacking midfielder. Some people will tell you that Mason Mount is a central midfielder. Some will tell you he's a he's an eight. Some will tell you he's a 10. Some will tell you that he's best from one of the wide positions. A bit like Emil Smith-Rowe is kind of put into that category as well. Somebody who you look at and think, yeah, central type player, but can quite easily start from one of those wide areas because he works quite hard and does a lot of the other bits and pieces too. The only midfield role I would say that Mason Mount isn't cut out for is the number six position. I don't think that that is something that, um, you know, he is capable of doing. I, I think his skill set means that as an eight or as a as a 10 or even as a, a wide player, I think he could do a pretty decent job. But as a six, I, I don't think he's the solution. I don't think he's the answer. So when people are asking me, well, if Arsenal did go out and get Mason Mount, where would he fit? The, the first thing that springs to mind to me would be in one of the eight positions. And I'm thinking the Granite Xhaka position. Now, that's not to say that Mason Mount comes in and displaces Granite Xhaka straight away. What it does mean, though, is that we have a slightly different option. Because I think although Granite Xhaka has done a fantastic job of playing in that left eight position all season, and I don't want to disrespect the work he's done. You guys will know that I've been one of his biggest defenders over the years. I think Mason Mount is just that little bit more attack-minded and probably would provide you with better results in the attacking third. The flip side of that, though, is that I think Granit Xhaka probably with his positional awareness and the areas that he drops into gives you that little bit more defensive stability when you're on the back foot, when you're defending, etc., etc. So I think the first thing that comes to my mind in terms of where Mason Mount, if Arsenal were to go and do this deal, would fit into the team is in that left eight position. I'll come on to tell you a little bit later on whether I think this is a good idea or not and, and sort of really break it down. But I want to give you guys as much context around my opinion and my view as I possibly can. Um, let me just quickly uh, give a special shout out to uh, Tom, uh, who very, very kindly uh, has dropped a super chat into uh, the chat box. Tom, thank you so, so much, mate, for that. Really, really appreciate your support. Uh, of the channel of the podcast. It really does mean the world to me. He says, hey, Harry, would you be concerned about him being a Chelsea boy through and through? Or as a professional, would he embrace the Arsenal and would he want to stick it to his boyhood club? I think professionals, Tom, at the elite level are able to put that to one side. I really, really do. Um, Mason Mount's relationship with Chelsea right now, not with the fans, of course, that's, you know, nothing to do with the current situation he finds himself in. But I'm sure that Mason Mount's relationship with Chelsea Football Club right now is strained. If it wasn't, there wouldn't be these stories about his future. There wouldn't be this standoff that we're hearing about between him and Chelsea Football Club with regards to a new contract. And we know that Todd Bowley is very, very big on long-term contracts. He's signing players and giving them seven, eight-year contracts. He's signing players and giving them contract extensions within three, four months sometimes of them having arrived at the club. So for Todd Bowley, this probably gives him a bit of anxiety. The idea of one of Chelsea's, you know, names in terms of who he is and, and sort of his attachment to the football club. I always used to say to you guys, and, and I, I think I said it quite recently, somebody like Bukayo Saka, we were talking about him 
when that news sort of broke that, you know, he was close to signing that new contract with Arsenal, that there was at least a, a verbal agreement in place. And one of the things I said it was that I think it's important for clubs to have players like Mount, like Saka, who have come up through academies, who have been attached to those football clubs for a long, long time, and who can be an example to hold up to the rest of the world as to how player development can work at that club. Now, there will be loads and loads of players that don't make it, that set off on that path, but don't get as far as Saka has or don't get as far as Mason Mount has. But to be able to have those examples, I think, is a really powerful thing. And I think Todd Bowley and Chelsea should look at Mason Mount as that. Now, Todd Bowley, um, in my opinion, hasn't got a Scooby what he's doing at Chelsea Football Club. I think it's all over the place. I think he's a mess. But I think, you know, if I were him, I'd, I'd be doing a little bit more. If I were Chelsea Football Club, I'd be pushing a little bit more uh, to try and accommodate what it is that Mason Mount wants, whether that be playing time or whether that be in terms of the terms of his contract, because I think he is a great example for Chelsea to hold up to the world and say, this is one of our own. This is one of the guys that we brought through. Yeah, he went out on loan, spent some time at other clubs, but he's come back and look at him now. He is, um, you know, he is performing. He is a real important part of our first team squad. Doesn't have to start every single week, but he is a Chelsea youth product. And so they should be proud of that. And they should be, as I say, holding that up. And I think if if you are Todd Bowley, who seems to be very aware of sort of marketing techniques and is trying to bring in a lot of Americanisms, if you like, in terms of things that are done in American sport that maybe aren't as common here, you'd think that something like this, which has real commercial importance and value, would would be at the top of his priority list. But it feels as though, from the noises we're hearing, that it's very much at the point now where Chelsea have gone, well, if you're not going to sign, we're not going to meet your demands. So, you know, we'll just leave this for now and we'll revisit it a little bit later on. But it causes uncertainty and it causes speculation. And hence why uh, he has been linked with a number of clubs. Liverpool are said to have a big interest in Mason Mount as well. One of the things that I've seen sort of banded around since Charles Watts broke this news earlier today is that actually he's a really, really good friend of Declan Rice's, that they're best friends. And that actually, if Arsenal could get this deal done, it could help them to land Declan Rice. And vice versa, if Arsenal could get Declan Rice in the door, then that could help them land Mason Mount. So I guess I've answered the question on, on where I think he fits if he was to join Arsenal and, and what his role would be. I talk about Declan Rice and, and we've talked a lot about Moises Caicedo over the past few months. And obviously Moises Caicedo has given an interview in which he talks about the Arsenal interest. He talks about the fact that he wants Arsenal to win the league. And he's very much, I think, in my opinion, still flirting with the football club, still hoping that he'll get that move uh, to Arsenal Football Club at some point and that he can, you know, fulfil his dream. And, and that is to come to North London Um play for, for the red half of North London and continue on this amazing journey that Mikel Arteta and his players uh, feel like they're on at the moment, which is one toward the very, very top. Now, they're going to be bumps in the road. Of course there are. But people have been so impressed with Arsenal and what they've done so far this season that we've become a really, really attractive proposition to a lot of players out there. I think Mikel Arteta's coaching style has gripped a lot of people. I think the Amazon documentary did him the world of good in terms of even though some of his methods didn't work and even though some of the things that he did or said were, were you know, were poked at as a, as a thing of fun. I get all of that, but I think he really won a lot of people over and I think it's changed the perception of not just him, but of Arsenal Football Club and what we're trying to build and, and how we're moving forward. 
So we touch on Declan Rice there. We touch on Moises Caicedo. Mason Mount wouldn't be an alternative to either of those two players. Let's get that. Let's get that clear. Mason Mount, in my opinion, would be an addition because I still think that if Arsenal really want to compete at the elite level and want to be able to feel this team that is competitive in the Champions League next season, which we're just uh, a win away from securing, you know, win tonight against Southampton at the time of recording and we're in the Champions League again. Arsenal will want to be able to focus on that competition and will want to push in the Premier League. It won't be like the Europa League is or was where, you know, you could get away with fielding half your team. You're going to need to be very competitive. You're going to need to be able to rotate, but for the level not to drop off a lot. And so if you want to get to that point, I still think there are a number of positions in this Arsenal squad that you have to add more quality to. And the centre of midfield, for me, is one of those positions. And I'll tell you why. When it comes to the left eight position, there isn't an alternative to Granit Xhaka at the moment. There isn't uh, another standout candidate to play in that position. Now, Martin Odegaard on the right-hand side is a level above Fabio Vieira, maybe two, three, four, five levels above Fabio Vieira at the moment. But you can see that that is what Mikel Arteta is maybe looking at, right? So a similar type of profile player in that he's quite creative, in that he's left-footed, in that he likes to operate on those uh, sort of right-sided half spaces. Fabio Vieira looks like he's probably the next in line for Martin Odegaard's position. But on the other side, who is it? Because I don't think it's necessarily Fabio Vieira for that side. I don't think it's Emil Smith-Rowe, which people keep talking about. And we're going to come on to what this means for Emil Smith-Rowe as well. So I think that that position is very much up for grabs. And I think that if you speak to a lot of Arsenal supporters this season, regardless of how much you've enjoyed Granit Xhaka's performances and his, his turnaround and his improvement, I think if you looked at one spot in our starting eleven and thought, that's the one I can upgrade. And I'm talking about when everybody's fit and available, you're probably looking at that left eight position and thinking, OK, we don't have to rush into anything because Granit Xhaka is doing a cracking job. But that is probably the one position in which there is a lot more scope to go out and get somebody better without it costing an absolute bomb. And in the past, we've talked about Yuri Tielemans and, you know, he'll be available at the end of the season on a free transfer and Arsenal might look at that. But also Mason Mount, I think, is, is a pretty decent fit there. And the reason I say that with Mason Mount is because he ticks one of the big boxes on Mikel Arteta's checklist, as we know over the last few years, which is versatility. Talked about it already. I think he can play anywhere in the midfield and he can play in one of the wide positions if you need him to. What would that mean for Emil Smith-Rowe? Well, I don't see Emil Smith-Rowe as an eight. So for me, this makes absolutely F all difference to what Emil Smith-Rowe's future holds. We've had this conversation before and I've repeatedly said that for me, Emil Smith-Rowe is seen by Mikel Arteta as, as being a wide player as being someone who can come in off the left, as being someone who could come in as a slightly more advanced midfielder in certain game states. But do I see him as an eight? Would I put him in that box? No, I wouldn't. You know, will he get there eventually? Will that be his position in the future? Potentially. But I wouldn't be planning for that at the moment because I've got no evidence to suggest to me that Emil Smith-Rowe can play that role to a high standard and to a high level. Um, I said that if Mason Mount was somebody that Arsenal were to go out and get, it would, in my opinion, have to be or should be um, in addition to a Rice or to a Caicedo. And I, and I stick by that. 
You know, I, I think that's absolutely got to be the case. I wouldn't be satisfied with Mason Mount coming in instead of those. I think that, you know, he would have to be an addition. But the reason I'm not dead against this, and, you know, if you'd have asked me this six months ago, I would have said no. And the reason I would have said no is not because I don't think Mason Mount could do a job. I think Mason Mount has got a lot of technical ability. I think Mason Mount has got a lot of what the British core values are for a player, the hard work, the work ethic, all of those things that, you know, I think are actually overblown in England um, in comparison to maybe how they're viewed in other countries. But I think Declan Rice ticks a lot of those boxes. He understands the Premier League. He's proven he can do it uh, in this competition. He's proven that he can do it in the Champions League as well. But I think it's the opportunity here that attracts me. So if we go on to Mason Mount's transfer marked profile, you're looking at a player that is valued at around about 65 million euros. So that translates to about 59 million pounds at this moment in time. But we know that Chelsea are in a situation where they need to offload players. We know that Mason Mount will be going into the final year of his Chelsea contract. And we know that for FFP reasons, Chelsea are going to be up shit street unless they offload a lot of players. And we've said this repeatedly on the 90 Min show over the last few months, and it's not gone down well with Chelsea fans, but we've said that there is going to be some sort of Chelsea fire sale come the summer because of their need to offload players. And the fact that everybody else out in the world knows that they need to offload these players means that people are going to come in and lowball them. People are going to come in and they're going to take the piss really with some of their offers. And Chelsea are going to be in a situation where they're going to have to accept offers from clubs that these players want to join so that they can get those transfers to go through, so that they can conclude those transfers and so that they can relieve that overbloated squad that even Thiago Silva, the Chelsea uh, hero at the back, was talking about the other day. So the reason I'm, I'm probably bigger on this than I would have been maybe six months ago is because six months ago, if you'd have told me that Arsenal could potentially sign Mason Mount from Chelsea, I'd have said, well, this is going to cost you a ridiculous amount of money, so much money that it's not worth it. And I think there's probably a better alternative out there who you could go and get in. Um, and, and and it doesn't represent very good value. But I think you could probably nick Mason Mount for around about 30 to 35 um, million pounds. I, I really do. I really do. And I'm normally quite good with my valuations. And I, and I really do think that around about... 30, 35 million pounds would really give Chelsea something to think about. And if you can convince Mason Mount of the project and he pushes from his side, this is a deal you could do. And so it's a deal that could happen, which at the same time would not hinder your efforts in going out and spending the bigger money on a Declan Rice or on a Moises Caicedo. So you could end up with both of these players. Remember, once Arsenal's, you know, secure their place in the Champions League, that is also revenue secured. That's what you got to think about. That's what you got to look at. So when people are suggesting that, you know, Arsenal could fall off or that Arsenal won't be able to keep up with the big boys, I disagree because I think Arsenal have done really, really well to stay in the hunt without Champions League football. And I think based on the fact that we've invested pretty well without it, you know, you'd like to think that that means that if we do, and we will obviously get that wrapped up, that will give the club that little bit more breathing space, that little bit more leeway to be able to say, yep, let's go on. Let's spend that extra bit of money. Let's get those players in uh, that we need. So this is an opportunity, a bit like the Zinchenko deal was. I don't think Mikel Arteta went into the summer thinking, I want Alexander Zinchenko. 
or or at least led up to the summer thinking I want Alexander Zinchenko. I think he saw a player who wanted to leave Manchester City because he wasn't getting the game time that he wanted, was open to the possibility of being reunited with Mikel Arteta because of their wonderful relationship and looked at a City side who, for similar reasons to the reasons that Chelsea are going to probably face this summer, needed to offload players. And I think that they looked at that and they went, well, this is an opportunity that it might not, you know, a left back slash midfielder might not have been right at the top of Mikel Arteta's list going into the summer. But when the opportunity came along, he felt it was too good to turn down. And although Zinchenko's had his injury problems, I think overall you have to say for what we paid for him and what he's brought to the table, it's been really good value. And the same can be said of Gabriel Jesus. Were Arsenal looking at him all along? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe Arsenal had their eyes on other players and were looking at other alternatives and other options. But then when that opportunity came along, Arsenal felt like it was one that they'd be silly to turn down. And I feel like with Mason Mount, that's what this would be. This is not a draw up my wish list of the top five midfielders in world football that I want. And Mason Mount is at the top of it. So we have to go out and do everything to get him. But if the price is right, if the circumstances are right, I don't think this is um, I don't think this is such a bad idea. Now, I'm not going to sit here and lose my shit and throw my toys out the pram if Arsenal don't get this deal done. But I think this is a, a sensible option, given the likelihood that we could get him at a reasonable price, that he wouldn't need time to adapt to the Premier League. In the past, I, I've sort of looked at that and gone, well, it's a bit of a myth. You know, this whole Premier League proven thing is a bit of nonsense. And I, I don't really you know, buy that. I think if you're a great player, you'll succeed anyway. And to a degree, I, I, obviously, that's still my sort of general feeling on the, the debate and on the topic. But I do think we've seen the benefit of Mikel Arteta targeting players that are Premier League experienced in terms of how they've been able to come in and hit the ground running quite quickly. And when you compare that to people like, I don't know, let's say Fabio Vieira, again, seen as we were talking about him earlier, it does seem to take them that little bit more time. But as long as you know that in your planning and you know that when you're putting that deal together, then, you know, you can live with that and you can accept that. But when you need somebody to come in and have an impact straight away, it does make a difference, I think. Now, there have been examples where it hasn't worked. You know, think about Willian, as Premier League proven as they come. But Willian didn't really hit the ground running at Arsenal and, and that was a problem. So, yeah, we're going to have to see, um, you know, where this goes and, and we're going to have to keep a, a close eye on this one. Get some questions in on this as well um, or on anything else for that matter. Uh, and I'll take as many of those as I possibly can before we wrap up. We'll probably go for another 10 or so minutes. Um, don't forget, though, if you haven't done so already, uh, please do leave a like on the stream. Subscribe to the channel. If your brand's spanking new, there's no reason why we shouldn't have at least 100 likes on the board. Uh, keep voting in our poll. Um, I'd really like to uh, try and gauge how interested or uninterested you guys would be in the potential of this deal uh, happening come the summer. Uh, also, just a quick reminder that if you want to access more content uh, to access the Chronicles of Aguna Premium, follow the instructions in the description. Visit uh, the Another Slice platform. Uh, sign up. Uh, log in. Uh, sign up to the Chronicles of Aguna and you'll get access to our post-match Premier League player ratings, uh, the latest episode of which is going to drop tonight. So that will drop into your inboxes and you'll be able to listen to my player ratings around about an hour after the full-time whistle tonight, live from Emirates. No, not live, but recorded, but recorded from uh, Emirates Stadium. So uh, yeah, do check that out as well. Okay, let's go over to the live chat box and see what you guys are saying. Um, 
Hydro says, uh, if Rice sees that Mount could be coming, I think he'll be more inclined to join us. He's the priority for us in June. His goal yesterday is a prime example of what we lack with Xhaka. Yeah, I mean, the sort of the the being able to pick the ball up and drive half the length of the pitch is something that Granite Xhaka isn't as good at doing. There's no there's no doubt about that. So I agree with you. It just gives us that little bit more physical power. I don't think technically there's a lot between them in terms of their technical level passing, uh, shooting, finishing, etc. I think it's all pretty on par. It's just that additional mobility that Declan Rice will bring to the table. And obviously in this league, in this competition, in this division, that's a big, big deal. Um, Samuel says, uh, blow the budget on Bellingham and he'll become <laughs> Jaden Sancho 2.0. We hope not. Jaden Sancho. I, I, I must admit, when he joined Manchester United, I thought, what a signing that is. I really did because I'd covered quite a bit of Bundesliga around about that time. And every performance I'd seen for him, it'd been mightily impressive. But obviously, that hasn't translated into the Premier League. And I was looking at United's team last night and obviously enjoying their demise in Seville. And I think I worked it out that between him and Anthony, who had played on either flank, who offered nothing, neither of them did. That was 158, 159 million pounds worth of wide talent. They just didn't do it. Uh, Matt says, does Mount mean the end for ESR? We touched on that earlier on, but just to kind of clarify my view on that, I don't think it does because I don't see ESR as an eight. Um, I know a lot of people do. And I know a lot of people feel like that is what Mikel Arteta is preparing him for. But I don't see it that way with Emil Smith-Rowe. And I think one of the reasons that Emil Smith-Rowe has not featured as much as he'd have liked having returned from injury is because I don't really think he fits more than I think that, you know, Mikel Arteta's turned off him or doesn't like him. I think that he has got to probably adapt his game a little bit in order to prove to Mikel Arteta that he can do one of the roles um, that is required in this team. Whereas in the past, we didn't have many alternatives. And and I think he, by default, went onto that left side. I think the left side is being owned at the moment by Gabriel Martinelli, and rightly so. And um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of that. Um, what else have we got in the chat box? Uh, across the pond, Moss says, Harry, if Zinchenko is out... Uh, KT or Kivior, and don't you think Jorginho and Trossard could be good versus Southampton? I don't want to tinker with the team too much. I'd pick exactly the same team that played at West Ham. Um, I'd maybe look to utilise the substitutes, perhaps earlier, depending on the game state. Um, but I, I don't think he should tinker with things too much. I did talk earlier uh, in the blog that I wrote, which you can find on our brand new website, by the way, which is uh, www.thechroniclesofaguna.com. Uh, I put a, a blog out about my thoughts on this whole dealing with the uh, two of our back four missing and, and what maybe the best solution is. And I talked a bit about tweaking Granite Xhaka's, not position, but his role in terms of the areas that he's asked to patrol and what exactly he does uh, in a bid to try and protect some of the weak spots that we have in this team at the moment. Check it out. I don't want to spoil it. Um, maybe we'll do a pod on it at a later date. But um, yeah, um, I'll let you guys uh, have a read of that and see what you think. If you are watching us on YouTube, if you go into the community tab at the top of our channel, you'll find a link to it there as well. Uh, Steve says, uh, on Monday Night Football, Ben Mee said that Brentford went to a back five to counter Erling Haaland. Do you think we should adopt this system? Steve, I don't. 
um, I think that Brentford did that because it's a system that Thomas Frank's players and Thomas Frank uh, and all of the um, sort of the remainder of the team are quite familiar with. Brentford have played that system very, very often. And so I think, you know, they maybe made a slight tweak and slight adjustment based on what they'd been playing in recent weeks. But the back five is something that I associate with Thomas Frank's Brentford side. So I don't think it was that big of a transition or that big of a risk for them because it's something that they're familiar with. For us, it's not. And for us, you'd be reinventing the wheel. You know, you're sitting top of the league 31 games into the Premier League season. And on game 33, you'd essentially be going, well, let's change it then. And, and let's try something new. I think we can make slight tweaks and slight adaptations to the system that's worked really well for us in order to try and deal with individual players like Erling Haaland, huge, huge talent, and also to try and protect some of the players that we believe are weaknesses, given that, you know, we haven't got our first choice backline available. But to really change the system, I don't think makes a lot of sense. I think you can kind of morph into a back five at certain points in the game using the players that you have on the pitch uh, without that meaning that's going to be your system or your setup when you're on the ball. But to completely try and reinvent the wheel, I think, would be wrong, um, if I'm honest. Uh, H.E. says, why do we lack ruthlessness in our wins? I feel the team feels bad from scoring more than two goals. I don't know what to put it down to. There's been a lot of chat this week. You know, is it arrogance? Is it complacency? And I don't really think it's any of those things, if I'm being honest with you. I just think that we've switched off at key moments. We've... Um, made individual mistakes that have been out of character, particularly in the West Ham game. Thomas Partey has hardly put a foot wrong all season, you know, and he made a really bad mistake at West Ham. You know, the second goal, I think, was one that was really avoidable. I, first of all, I thought Ramsdale probably should have saved it, should have kept it out, having got something on it. So that was one of the mistakes. But Kieran Tierney, I thought, completely switched off as well. And I only really noticed that when I went back and watched it after Adrian Clark pointed it out to me the other day. So, yeah, you know, I think you can look at individual errors and, and you can point to those. And listen, this is the Premier League. If you allow, you know, teams to to sort of fight on when they should be dead and buried, a lot of the time, given the quality that all of the Premier League sides have, you're going to be punished for it. And we've been unfortunate that in the past couple of weeks, we've allowed teams back into the game. The Anfield one, non-issue for me. I, I'm not going on about that. I think that a draw at Anfield is a very respectable result and better teams than us have gone there, had the crowd turn against them and have come out there with an absolute beating and bruising. We came away with a point. You've got to take that as a positive. But the West Ham game was obviously bitterly disappointing. And I think that was a, a demise and a downfall all of our own making that day. Uh, as Nav points out, uh, Eid Mubarak to everybody celebrating today. Uh, I want to pass on uh, my good wishes uh, to everybody out there celebrating. Hope you guys have a great day. And if you're Arsenal supporters, fingers crossed, uh, we can cap it off with uh, three points tonight as well. Um, and Matt, I've got to end on this. I love one of these uh, Matt comments. Matt, you're an absolute legend, mate. He says, I think the team is just trying to make the title race more interesting. If we won every game 4-0, it would be boring. Arsenal want us all to have heart attacks. It feels like that uh, at times, doesn't it? It really, really does. Right, guys, I am going to leave it there. I'm going to get my gear sorted, my stuff packed, and I'm going to head down to Emirates Stadium. Remember, if you want to catch some of the build-up to the game tonight and you are based in the London area, BBC Radio London from 6pm on the London Sports Show. Uh, they'll be checking in with me regularly from Emirates Stadium. Um, and then I'll be bringing you guys some content after the full-time whistle uh, where we'll be looking back on um, 
what exactly happened, uh, how it all went. Hopefully, we'll be talking about a positive result and hopefully we'll be discussing Arsenal getting back to winning ways uh, rather than anything else. But this is football, so be aware, be wary. But anyway, let me know your thoughts on the Mason Mount discussion. I think if the opportunity is right, I think this is one I might go for, you know. Um, I, I really, really do. As I say, not at the top of my list if I was drawing out a list of midfielders that I want. But given what he's capable of, given that he's shown it at the level that we aspire to be, given that he is um, likely to be available in a cut price deal in comparison to what he'd normally cost because of his contractual situation at Chelsea, I think this might be worth a punt. But anyway, uh, let me know your thoughts in the comments. Let's have a quick check in on the poll. How did we finish up on the poll? Uh, The question was, would you take Mason Mount at Arsenal? And 61% of you said yes. Interesting. Leave a like on your way out. Let's hit the 100 likes target as I sign off. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. And if you're listening on audio, then please do leave us a review. I'll speak to you all soon. Until then, goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.